Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today we are here with Steve-O. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, today, I just want to start this one and premise it by, because I want to like talk about you before we go into the story, but just so everyone knows what they're in for, the story today is about how Stephen uh, climbed Everest and he did it with his friend Matt and... Yeah, so there was Matt and then um, Scott Doolan. Yep. So Scott Doolan was the main, who the story is based around. And um, you did it, he was the first paraplegic to sort of climb Everest? Yeah, correct. So he was the uh, first uh, paraplegic uh, to climb up to Everest Base Camp with minimal assistance. Insane. So that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. Um, but before we do that, we just want to... Strip it back. Strip it back. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, from the Gold Coast. Yeah. Born and bred, raised. Um, been pretty much living here... My whole life. Yeah. Um, I did spend a year over in America and I worked for Walt Disney World over there. Um, yeah, it was sort of like, um, sort of like my chance to take a gap year in a way. Yeah. Um, so take it back again. I was at uh, film school, studied here at um, Bond University. And whilst I was there, they send out like, um, like careers, um, emails like every week they give you an update of like what's going on in the industry there's this like social networking event yeah. happening um these recruiters are in town and this one particular week i actually opened up the email and had a look at it and i'm like oh disney that sort of you know <laughs> that, that like got my yeah. interest and then i was like mm, okay this looks pretty interesting let's go to the um like the information night that they had going on and um went along to that and um i was like yeah why not why not? Why not? <laughs> Happy days. So, um, yeah, from the Gold Coast and then, um, yeah, I got into filmmaking and photography back when, oh, God, when I was 14, 15. Yeah. Um, used to BMX a lot. Yeah. And um, was like, oh, like I want to be able to capture like us doing, you know, sick tricks and yeah. <laughs> shit like that over the jumps. And I was like, okay, I'll see there's photography and that's where it started. That's sick. So... From photography to beginning this journey to obviously where he's climbed Everest, how did sort of the initial idea come about? Um, so I'll probably have to give a shout out to my little sister, Nicole, um, <laughs> <laughs> for getting me onto this um, epic adventure, if you want yep. to say. Um, so through her company that she worked for, Multiplex, um, they ran like a, um, a boot camp, like boot camp training fitness sort of thing. And she was like, egging me on like come on you gotta start training blah 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 and i was like yeah nah she'll be right i'll you know get around to it eventually and then eventually started going and um apex gen so these guys here shout out apex gen you'll <laughs> be able to find them on instagram um they're much bigger than us um they were running the the boot camps and um obviously got started um talking to the instructor um drew there and i'm um, talking about my, my background and back then that's they were just starting out yep. and they were looking for um content to like launch yeah. themselves on instagram and whatnot so i was like look um obviously i'm a photographer i'm more than happy to give you guys a hand um and then yeah that's how it started and then um i sort of knew about scotty um whilst i was starting to get to know drew and the team at apex gen and um yeah, knew what they were trying to do with Scott. And um, then I get a call from Matt um, probably 
maybe like three or four months um, into me training there. And he was like, look, uh, we're thinking about doing this thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, what's this thing? He's like, um, we want to take Scotty up to Everest Base Camp. I'm like, you want to what? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do what? He's like, yeah, and I want you to come. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and I was like, what? What do you like? What do you want to achieve out of this? And he was like, obviously, I want you to be there and capture it. And I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to make a documentary. Um, so yeah, obviously went there, um, shot a documentary with. Um, I gotta make sure. I you know, staying within the range of the mic. Um, <laughs> went over there with Nigel. So there was two videographers, um, myself and Nigel. And, um, yeah, we went over there with Matt, Scotty, um, the team at Blue Dragon Adventures. Um, and, yeah, obviously went to went to base camp. I mean, you told that story pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> we want to – so we want to strip it back. Um, okay. Get to the core. Get to the core, yeah. So you've decided that you want to go to Everest. Mm-hmm. Um, from there – how does how do you go from making the decision to then being like okay I've got to prepare for Everest I've got to um you know I've got to get fit I've got to get yeah, all so my gear ready how do you, how do you prepare for it? like the training wise because so training wise for me yeah um what I did is um hit style sort of training so high intensity interval training um did a lot of that um and then I also did a lot of long distance long distance running. Um, so I was doing minimum five to 10 K runs, um, probably every two, three days. Um, it got to a point where I was doing 10 Ks in about two hours, which I think, I think that's right. About three to four minutes. a K. No, no, no. Maybe an hour. I can't math. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe an hour actually. Yeah. Probably an hour. Yeah. That's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, 60 minutes an hour. Yeah. Math was my forte. <laughs> no um, yeah, so a lot of, yeah, high-intensity, um, long-distance running, only because um, with the the altitude, yeah, um, there's a lack of oxygen. So your body has to work harder to um, – I don't know the true medical terms, but, yeah, your body has to work harder to keep your, your, your muscles going, essentially. Yeah. Um, and obviously your heart's working a lot harder. Um, so – yeah, I was doing a lot of that sort of training. Um, I know Matt and Scotty, they were doing a similar style training, but they also did get into altitude gyms um, to obviously similar. Yep. Um, what's the word? Acclimatise. That's it. Yep. Acclimatise and get their body somewhat used to being at an altitude yeah. or with lack of oxygen. Um, so, yeah, that was obviously I stayed in contact with Matt throughout the whole process to make sure – I was being accountable to him because obviously um, the trek isn't a walk in a park. Yeah, he doesn't want to carry on a dead weight. No, he doesn't, no. Um, so how many how many of you of yous were there? So there was Scott Doolan, yep. the guy in the wheelchair. Um, there was Matt Laycock, uh, the director and owner of Apex Gen. Um, then there was Nigel, my second videographer or cinematographer. Uh, then there was Darwa. He was our lead uh, Sherpa and guide. And then there was um, Justin. He was part of Blue Dragon Adventures. So um, Dara and Justin go back a number of years. Um, long story short, Justin pretty much adopted Dawa. Um, Dawa is a local from Jazi- Jaziling, 
think that's think that's how it's set. Roll with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just roll with it. <laughs> no one's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they started the adventure company um, together. And then um, then there was four four porters with Scott at all times. And then there was another four carrying our personal bags. So we had, yeah, what's that, eight, about a crew of 12, 13 of us. Yeah. Um, with that said, um, I was carrying my entire equipment on my back the whole way, um, and so was Nigel. So we had, respectively, probably about 15 pushing, sometimes up to 20 kilo bags on our back. On top of yeah, I was going to say, how much would that weigh? Yeah. That's insane. Um, so for Scott, obviously he's um, he's doing it on his arms. What, what was uh, sort of... How did it, he go up about um, sort of up the mountain? Was he most of the time on his arms, or was uh, like how, how did you go about that? Um, so with Scott and his journey up, whatever sections he could wheel in his chair, he did. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. yeah. So there there were there were sections along the trek where it was relatively flat. Obviously, it was a bit rocky. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a quite a few long sections where he could wheel. Um, if he wasn't in the chair and, um, we're going upstairs, for example, or like Rocky stairs, he would be on his arms doing like a, um, like a wheelbarrow technique. So he would be on his arms and then Matt would grab his legs and yep. like, sort of like, yeah, wheelbarrow him along the way. Yeah. We're watching the videos this past week was when you're coming in and it's pretty crazy, eh? Yeah. It's like... Li- Scott's arms are jacked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's huge, man. Both Scotty and Matt are jacked. Like, I'm standing next to these boys. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a fucking twig. You know what I mean? <laughs> Feel a little shit about yourself. You're like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. But with that said, though, um, that was probably their, their greatest um, weakness like w- in, in doing the trek because they're obviously a bigger frame. Yeah. Body okay. has to work harder to get the oxygen around to the muscles. So, um, yes, I'm smaller but probably more suited to your, your body type correct yeah like you, for example you look at long distance marathon runners yeah thin yeah rakes yeah side note did you see the um world record was broken pretty impressive yeah sub two hours yeah insane insane um yeah so also those boys they've been doing a lot of gym work for a number of years um and this sort of style of journey especially for scott um the amount of pressure that's on his upper body was absolutely insane. So he did himself a lot of, again, obviously a lot of strength work in the gym, but him and, and um, Matt were out in um, the Blue Mountains and mountains around um, Newcastle because that's where they're based out of. Um, they, were, they were going out and doing hikes just to get um, Scotty's body used to being on his arms for so long. Yeah. So long. Um, and that took a toll on obviously Scott's body. The whole trip took a toll on everyone's body, but Scotty especially. Um, yeah, because it was, it was hard. Like he went through, I think he went through about six or seven sets of gloves in the trek. So, yeah, it's insane because we think about it, uh, sort of the challenge for an able-bodied person, but for Scott to do it on his arms. What did we do a few years ago? What do you mean? Well, last boys up that mountain. Oh, uh, and that's small. <laughs> that, that took like... <laughs> What was it? Mount Warning. Yeah. You know the top. Have oh, you been man. to Mount Warning? Yeah. Is it like, is it yeah. like two hours? 
Yeah, it's like a two-hour walk. Yeah, and we're like, fuck. Just drenched at the top yeah. in sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, um, many, how long did it take? Um, oh, now you're testing my memory. Uh, it took, I think, for an average able body yeah. team. Um, oh, God. I have to edit this part. <laughs> I think it was... I should have brought my um, diary that I wrote. I think it was seven... Or eight days to get for up a, for a norm for a able body. Yeah, and we did it in that time as well. Oh, did you? That's yeah. pretty impressive. Um, now, with that said, though, we obviously did have um, we did have one acclimatization day, which I'll explain down the track. Yeah. Um, and we also did have a number of redundancy days in place. Um, so, so what does that mean? Redundancy, redundancy days. Day, yeah. um, so, if, like, for example, if I'm sick or Scott isn't able to progress anymore, we'd obviously take the day off and rest. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we had, yeah, ha- had a number of those days scheduled in just in case if, you know, shit hit, does hit the fan, we've got those backup days. So yep. we were scheduled to be on the mountain for almost two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, but obviously we were only there for about 10 days for myself. Um yeah, so, yeah, average amount of time, which I think for off the top of my head was about seven to eight days yeah. um, to get up. So what elevation do you begin with and what – so how high is um, <coughs> base camp to? So the journey up to Mount Everest actually starts at Kathmandu. Yep. Um, that's obviously where you fly into, and that's where you um, tend to get most of your last-minute supplies that you may need. Like we picked up, like, stupid shit like baby wipes um, just to give ourselves a shower each night. Shower yeah. each night um, <laughs> because yeah, sometimes you didn't have a, a facility to have a shower, so you'd, you'd just wipe yourself down before you go to sleep. Um, so that's where the journey starts, and then from Kathmandu, you cat uh, you jump onto a light aircraft and fly into Lukla. Yeah, um, is that you- the one where it's like just a cliff and then? Oh, that's so sketchy. We yeah. should like edit a clip in of that <laughs> yeah. somehow. Um, I'll give you the footage. But yeah, to give you guys an idea, it's um, the 200 meter runway <laughs> on a side of a mountain. And that's you're, so hectic. Yeah. It's, yeah. Lukla is actually, and it's probably good that we brought this up. Lukla is one of the world's scariest airports and most dangerous. Um, we met a helicopter pilot when we were over there and she does a lot of, um, flying in and out of the Everest region, region, and um, just recently, just recently, she um, flew into Lukla to I think refuel, get supplies, and then I think she, she was going back up the the mountain to um, drop these supplies off to the villagers because the villagers they get their supplies either by the back of cam, uh, not camels, um, donkeys or yaks, um, or they get helicoptered in. And she was yeah at Lukla Airport, and she landed the chopper, went inside to get a helicopter, and a um, light aircraft was taking off to go back to Kathmandu, um, skidded off the runway, and just missed her aircraft, her helicopter, and hit another one. Um, I think killed about four people. That's insane. Um, yeah, this runway, it's like literally, it's like this is the runway, and there's like no fence between the aircraft runway and where the helicopter pads are so it's just all open and you can see this the like security camera footage of these guys just getting mowed down by an aircraft oh, that's so sad. but yeah it's it's sad but um yeah it's sketchy eh? yeah sketchy and quite scary like when you think about it you're in a little piece of metal a little metal tube and there's about 
I think ten or ten or twelve year in it, and um, yeah, I actually do. Ha- I got a bit of footage. I was like sort of like leaning out in the aisle trying to get like a shot through because you can see right through to the pilot's cockpit in like the runway. You can sort of just see the runway, and you just like coming down. It's like and would you hit like it's, it's a hard landing. As soon as you land, I have to hit the hit the brakes yeah. and reverse thrust because you've only got yeah about 150 meters, and then there's a fucking like brick wall. And yeah, a couple of times the aircraft have ran into that as well because they haven't pulled up in time. Yeah, so it's super sketch. Anyway, so yeah, you fly into there, <laughs> sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows everywhere. <laughs> you fly into there, and you're at an altitude to give you an idea. You're at an altitude uh, higher than Mount Kosciuszko here, which is the highest yeah. mountain in Australia. So off the top of my head, I think that's about eleven hundred or twelve hundred meters. Um, and I noticed it straight away when we were just waiting there or our bags, because we caught a flight and then our bags came in and in on another aircraft. Um, when you were just sitting there, you can already feel how, like just that little bit hard it is to breathe. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the start. And that's just <laughs> the start. We hadn't even started walking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, flew into Lukla and then the first day was uh, off the top of my head about a 7 or 8K hike. Um, so a better part of the day, either because obviously – Myself and Nigel were getting used to working with each other. Matt and Scott were getting used to, again, working at that altitude and what they had to do. Um, and, yeah, just the whole team just getting used to each other. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, got into the – I can't remember where we got into the first day and then, um, yeah, rested for the night and kept on going. So, from from where you started to – base camp how like how far is that not in like elevation but in like kilometers say in distance it's about 50 to 55 kilometers oh, i didn't think it'd be that that's insane yeah yeah 50 to 55 so it's just such a like gradual sort of rise no it's not no far from <laughs> it i'm way off, I'm way off. <laughs> you're way off um so the first day you, um at lucla you sort of like start up here and then you sort of like dip down and then come up. Yep. So it's always you're always doing this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Always yeah. doing this. Um, either flat and then going up, coming back down, and then like zigzagging. Um, yeah, it's very the the terrain is very um, varied. Yeah. It's yeah. not yeah not flat whatsoever. Can you tell us what an average day looked like? Like what like for eating? Mm-hmm. How long would you like rest for? How long would you obviously walk for? Um. So to start off in the morning, obviously you wake <sighs> up, have breakfast. Oh. Typical day, yeah, we'd get up at say like seven or eight, yeah, um, have breakfast, um, and then yeah, start getting ready, and then we'd be out on the trail, um, and then like some days we do a full eight to nine kilometer day, or we just do like a, a short day, yeah. Um, again, like I didn't think the the trek was so um, commercialized. In that, I thought we were going to go there and, like, we'd have to carry our own tent, our own sleeping bag, yeah. our own, everything. Um, but there's actually villages along the way that you can, like, sort of, like, rent a room or, oh, really? or a cabin. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we'd obviously rent a number of rooms. Um, Nigel and I would share one. Matt and Scotty would share one. And then Dara and Justin would share a room. So there was three rooms between us. Um, and, yeah, you just go to these villages and you, you can either pre-book if it's really busy or you just literally rock up and go, Hey, can we have three rooms? Yep. Um, sometimes those rooms are, yeah, just a, 
just two single beds. Um, sometimes a little bit more extravagant in that you could have a bathroom and running water, oh, but for the better part, it was just um, yeah, just just the um, the room and beds. That's crazy. Um, now what was the question again? It's like an average oh average day, day yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously get up, have brekkie, get on the road, um, and then again whilst you're on the trails, you'd either have like uh, little snacks that you would have in your backpack. Or you'd um, stop by in one of these little villages and sit down and have a, a good meal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, get back into it and keep on walking. Um, and then, yeah, stop at night wherever we can get to. And then, um, yeah, obviously, have dinner, play. I can't remember the bloody card game we played, but we were we just would play it religiously. Like, game yeah. after game after game after game after game. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Was it like a local game? or was it? <laughs> I can't remember what it was. <laughs> was it Kings and Art? Was it Kings and Arseholes? <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, that one. You know that one? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd just sit there playing cards and just talking smack. Sometimes we would go through the footage and review it. Yeah. Um, and um, the thing with me, obviously, being a filmmaker, is I wanted to try and get these like little um, Vox Pops from Scotty. Um, now, Scotty, absolutely love you, man. But it was super difficult to get anything out of him because he's just so down to earth. He's just so humble. Yeah, he's yeah, just okay. like he's not like one of those guys that are like, oh, I'm, I'm disabled. Like, give me sympathy. He's like, yeah, I'm disabled. I'm climbing Everest, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, we'd always try and sit down with Scotty and get like a a, a quick little like almost a like a casual yeah interview, um, just to help drive the story for the film. Yeah. Um. So we'd obviously attempt that. And obviously, <laughs> in most cases, it didn't work, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we'd just pretty much just relax um, for the rest of the night and then obviously go into bed, um, sleep, and then rinse and repeat. See, like, I'm thinking about this. How much does it cost to go to Everest? <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, the whole time, I'm like, oh, you flew over there. You got all this gear with you, all these guys, like, helping you out. Is it really expensive? Um, full disclosure, the deal that Matt and I, and I had um, was he'd pay for all my expenses and I'd shoot the documentary. That's hectic, but that's pretty good um, deal. So, yeah, that, that, that was the deal that we had. Um, but, yeah, obviously, to get over there, you got your airfares. Oh, um, yeah. So we flew here. Uh, sorry, I flew down to Sydney, uh, met up with the boys there again because they were from Newcastle. So we all met at Sydney, um, stayed there for the day, and then we all flew to Singapore and then Singapore to... Uh, Kathmandu, Nepal, Um, and then obviously the flight from Nepal to Lukla, and then obviously all that return. Um, Now, to give you an idea pricing-wise, off the top of my head to summit, so to go to the absolute summit, the absolute peak of Everest, is about 40 to 55K US. To get to base camp, I think think it was about 5... Five grand US, so that's obviously per person. Per person, yeah. yeah. Um, now, with that said, though, it depends on obviously how well you want to sleep, how much food you want to eat, where you want to yeah. stay. Do you want a guide? Do you want a porter? Because obviously, you can you can literally pick up a mat from Kathmandu and do the the trek yourself, un, unassisted, unguided. Not that I would suggest doing that. Yeah, I just <laughs> dodgy ass. Yeah, because um, yeah. 
Side note, I almost did get lost because I the boys went ahead and I, <laughs> <laughs> I know the boys went ahead and um I just got like a, a long like wide shot from behind them, um but they took a turn and went like up the ridge that way. But I just kept on going straight and then I'm like looking out in the distance. I'm like, where are the boys? Like I can't see the team. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit! Like I've you know um so yeah you can you've obviously got the option to do it yourself, but me personally I would. Highly, highly suggest <laughs> yeah. at least taking uh, a guide, um, whether it's a Sherpa or just a porter, just someone who is familiar with the trek. Um, yeah, having Dawa in our team, he was just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, like just looking after us, especially for Nigel and I. Like I'm not trying to like be toot my own horn, but we were putting our bodies under extreme. Yeah. duress carrying that amount of yeah. weight and he even said it himself he's like i've never seen any westerners do this trek with that amount of weight on your back because typically like i said before you give your your um your big bags to the porter which are um people just carry stuff up the mountain yep. you just give your big bag to them and then you just have like a little day pack that would have like snacks and like a rain jacket if it would um start raining or yeah. just you know any anything that you'll anything yeah, any items that you'll require during the day. Um, so, yeah, back to the costing sort of thing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, about five to six grand Australian yeah. um, to get up there. And, yeah, it's like any any trek. It just depends how, yeah, how well you want to eat, um, any unexpected costings that will come up. Um, obviously, insurances as well. Obviously, Scott being a paraplegic, it was pretty hard for the boys to get insurance for him. Yeah. Yep. And obviously the nature of the trek as well. It was obviously easy for the rest of us, yep. but for Scotty it was a little bit harder. Thankfully we went through a good broker um, and got it, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, about five to six grand to answer your question. Insane. Yeah. It's obviously very mentally draining, yeah? Yes, Um Physically and mentally, yeah, uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, to date, <laughs> full stop, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very, very. Only because, what was the most sort of challenging part of it? The hardest day. The yeah, tell us your hardest um, day. My hardest day was um, the day we were going up to base camp. Um, so we were up. Um, probably about three o'clock in the morning um, and, yeah, started our way up to the Gorek Shep, Gorek Shep, I think that's what I say it, um, which is the last last village before base camp. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of like the gateway as such to base camp and then Kalapatar and then Aussie, the summit. Um, so, yeah, we got up really early because we were um, a little bit further down the mountain, get there, have like a cup of tea, get warm again, Um Actually, let's bring it back. Uh, we got up. It was about negative 10 Celsius. Um, so already it's fucking freezing. Um, yeah, we. I had obviously jocks, uh, thermals on, then long pants, and then I had my outer jacket and pants on, um, like three layers of socks because my feet were like 
frozen yeah. <laughs> um, to the point where I thought I was getting frostbite because I couldn't feel my toes. So, like, as we're walking along, like, I'm stamping my feet, yeah. like, trying to get blood flow back <laughs> in. Like, whenever we'd stop, I'd be fucking kicking rocks trying to yeah. know, get yeah, any feeling back in. I was really worried. Ended up getting my um, – you can buy, like, little hand warmer things to pop in your gloves to keep your hands warm. I ended up shoving them down in my in my socks to just, again, try and get my feet warm. Yeah. Um, and then, side note – Two, two, three days prior to that, I wasn't 100% myself. I got sick. Um, so already I wasn't like... Was that from like altitude sickness? Yep. Yeah, altitude sickness. Um, What's that feel like? Shit. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, is it like <laughs> you're vomiting or nausea? Yeah, nausea. Um, screaming headaches. Okay. Um, yeah, each each morning you'd be waking up with a screamer of a headache. Oh, that's... Um, only because of... Um, the medication we're all taking, Diamox. So what Diamox did was, um, I can't exactly w- remember what it did, but <clears throat> it would help with the altitude. Yeah. Um, but the side thing of that is it makes you severely hydrated. So you're drinking four to five litres of water a day, just trying to keep the fluids up yep. um, and pissing like a racehorse <laughs> <clears throat> to get all, obviously, all that water out. Um, so, yeah, I was already sick beforehand. Um, base camp day, did the trek. I think it was about 10 kilometres that we got up to base camp. Um, got up to base camp and then um, did another 10 kilometres further back. Um, at this point, this was the, I think, one of the only times I gave my bag to Dawa because I was physically exhausted. Um, I was shaking, um, was just, yeah, dropping back behind Dawa and Nigel uh, because I was just just exhausted like yeah. i just i just wanted to stop i just wanted to stop and sit down and take a break but i just had to keep on going it's pretty scary to sort of hit that point up so far too yeah almost <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> do you do yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah got back to um the village that we were stopping for the night and um yeah was just like super run down didn't have an appetite like you lose your appetite on the mountain as is but i didn't feel like eating at all um didn't literally i just wanted to crawl into bed which i'd obviously did um and i was shaking severely like i thought like i don't know what's what's going on here like why am i shaking oh, me thinking okay my body's shaking because i'm cold but i was still wearing all my gears still wearing my thermals i was in a sleeping bag <laughs> in bed and then had a like a um like a doona over yep. me so i was like snug as a bug in a rug but i was still like yeah. like shaking to shit um and then obviously i got dial in i said look man this is what's happening this is what i'm feeling he's like man you're just physically exhausted you like just pushed yourself like 120 percent. you just yeah. your body's shutting down yeah um <clears throat> so yeah that that by far was the hardest day for sure was this so like you mentioned like obviously the risk of like being in such a high altitude. Was this the first time that you and everyone on the team had gone on an expedition like this where you have like climbed so far, gone so high? Is this the first time? Yeah, we're pretty much all pushed our bodies to the limit. Yeah. See, it's just Physically crazy you started with Everest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, just straight off the bat, 100%. Um, but yeah, back to the mental part. Um, obviously you got the physical side of things. Obviously the trek is a hundred kilometers in total. You, you know, uh, gaining altitude and mm. like,
four, five thousand meters odd. Um, physically, yeah, it's demanding. But for me and Nigel, mentally, like we've obviously got to do the track, but we've also got to shoot a documentary at the same time. Essentially, work at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So you're just yeah, trying to juggle two things at once. So, um, yeah, it was hard. Like there's no there's no if buts maybe's like it was yeah it was hard and trying to yeah think <clears throat> how's this get, how's this going to be edited together what shots do I need for the editor um, pretty much yeah what can I do now that sets up the film for yeah. the editor that, that that was the hardest thing for us yeah um, yeah just constantly thinking imagine yeah so like you, you mentioned you, you got to that point physically. Um, and that was obviously from you carrying all your gear and being uh, exhausted. Did Scott experience anything like that? Um, yeah, so Scott, um, <coughs> we all got altitude sickness. Yep. <coughs> um, yeah, all got the runs. We all got the shits. Um, all had screaming headaches. Scotty, obviously, his hands were just red raw. Yeah. Um, his shoulders and arms were, yeah, obviously heavily sore. So he was getting massaged by Justin, who was a... Um, I can't remember the technical term, like a remedial massage. Like he gave the best massages <laughs> like just to just to help relax your body. Um, yeah, he was massaging Scotty pretty much every day to keep him going. Um, but yeah, it was it it took a toll on all of us. Yep. Um, like there's not much of me as you guys can yeah. see. Um, but to give you an idea, I lost about five to six kilo <laughs> when I was over there. Insane. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Extremely hard on the body. If you haven't figured Scott, that out, it's kind of like this constant gym. It's just Imagine, on your arms all day. Yeah, just mm. sitting there doing like bench press for hours upon like. Yeah, bench press, um, pull ups, um, battle ropes. Um, yeah, anything, anything upper body. He's yeah, fucking machine yeah. at. The reason I asked about mental, I was just wanted to know was there like a bit of banter along oh, the way? Yeah, was there banter? Like, because because it's so mentally yeah. draining. But yeah, there was banter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. Probably. So it wasn't just like a serious. No. Oh, that's good. Far then. from it. That's good. Then. That's why he couldn't Far get any it. of those clips he wanted. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, poor. Um, uh, what's the editor's name? I just had a mind blank. Uh, no, no, he's the other videographer. Barter. Barter. Barter this, it was the editor. Um, yeah, poor Barter trying to sift through all the footage of. You know, Nigel and I <laughs> talking smack and cut, this, cut. yeah, pretty much Scott, Matt and Scotty like talking shit. And I think actually in the doc in the the um, cuts that I've seen, you can actually hear a bit of that banner between Matt and Scott. Yeah. Um, and also with Dara as well, he sort of got wind of it and he was getting into it as well. Um, obviously Nigel and I, we tried to limit the amount because it's nothing worse than you operating camera and then you hear us like talking behind it. Um, you see the nose laugh like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hear the little giggles yeah. and whatnot. Um and that was probably the other thing as well. Um, like like I said, just doing the trek and then shooting at the same time, it's like you're trying to I didn't have a tripod, like it was all handheld. Well sorry, yeah. I lied. I did have a tripod there, but I wasn't using it whilst we were um trekking. I only used it when we were like sitting down yeah. doing an interview. Um, so everything was handheld and some of the shots I was using an extremely long lens to get close to them if I was either really far ahead of them or really behind, uh, like from a distance behind them. Um, and trying to hold a camera steady whilst you're like, 
<laughs> That's probably what it sounded like to give yeah. you guys. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you were taking long, deep breaths. Yeah. Like, um, to give you an idea how hard it was to breathe at base camp, it was like, yeah, you just ran a 10 kilometer run or five kilometer run and you're laying flat on the ground and someone's sitting on your chest and you're trying to breathe. That's how hard it was to breathe. Like you were taking yeah, long, deep breaths, but it's like, is any oxygen actually getting into me? Like, cause it, it just doesn't feel like it. And yeah. like you'd walk up a, a flight of stairs and it's, it would sound like you've just done a five kilometer run again. You're like, <laughs> like yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. When you got back, we just fit as. See, that was um, surprising. And it's actually funny that you mentioned that um, I was playing Oz tag um, beforehand, again, as a bit of my training, like yeah, con- yeah, continuous active. short, sharp bursts, like long, di- long distance games. Long distance games, not really. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're on your feet and you're yeah, running yeah. the whole time. Um, I thought I would come back and absolutely run rings around everyone, <laughs> but that wasn't the case because obviously with Oztag, you're doing short, hard runs, similar to like rugby league and yeah. union, right? You're doing short, sharp, hard runs, and then you, you know, just jog around the paddock sort of thing. Whereas with the trek, I was only walking. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought, you know, my body being at that altitude would be able to, um, uh, what's the word? Just naturally. Yeah, you just be, yeah. yeah, you'd naturally be just be able to keep going and going and going and going. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, to answer your question, no, I was probably f- even worse off. Yeah, we lost before. five, six kilos too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and so. that as well. And it took me probably about three weeks to get my appetite back as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you just fully, like, everyone's drained when they yeah, got back? Yeah, when, like, um, okay, so we all got up to base camp, um, and from there, Matt and Scott actually got airlifted out uh, by helicopter from base camp, and then it was just um, Dawa, Nigel, and myself to walk back. Um, now, the reason why Scotty got airlifted out was because he ended up having a minor chest infection, and then he also broke his tailbone. But, Jesus. Um, How did he do that? He he couldn't feel it because it was below his um, yep. injury. Um, but because, obviously, being a paraplegic, he didn't have any muscles in his glutes or he you know, pretty much doesn't yeah. have an ass. So there was no cushion yep. as such. So, um, unfortunately, when Scotty was getting placed down, he was getting placed down on rocks and hard surfaces. So, yeah, um, you know, do that 20 times a day by... You know, seven eight days, like it's hard on his body, and yeah, he ended up breaking his tailbone. Um, Justin had a major chest infection, um, and then Matt, um, Matt was, I think he ended up having a little bit of an infection as well, but he mainly got airlifted out just to help Scott, Scott yeah, um, because yeah, in in um, Kathmandu, there's not really much. Um, it's not like here where there's um, disabled ramps everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah for people in wheelchairs, it's easily accessible. Over there, um, disabled people in wheelchairs are almost like frowned upon. Like, what's like, what's wrong with you, sort of thing. Okay. Um, that kind of alludes to. I was going to ask you what's uh, what's Nepal like, the culture and the people. People absolutely lovely. Yep. Culture, obviously, um, it's, uh, Hindu background. Yeah. From memory, um, yeah, a lot of mosques, um, Buddhists, um, monks. I think I think I'm getting my Religions mixed around, but That's right. it is what it is. Um, yeah, people lovely food, absolutely amazing, cheap as well. Um, 
But yeah, it was sort of interesting when we were like uh, in and around Kathmandu um, and we'd be walking through like the major street markets and everyone would just be literally just like stopping and staring at Scott. Really? Mm. Yeah, it was kind of sad in a way because it's almost like these people looking at him as like, okay, he's a guy in a wheelchair. Mm. Yeah. What is he doing here? Like, yeah. I think in the time that we were there, we only saw two other people in wheelchairs. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, literally, you just see people just stop and they become like a, like a clown at a at a fair. They just literally just like look look really? at him. Mm. Wow, different cultures. Hey, just mm. sort of everyone's. Yeah, yeah. and it was just actually the same thing with the kids. Um, and we got obviously a number of shots of it for the documentary. Like the kids up in the mountain, um, like we'd be rolling by, and again they would just be like. Staring in amazement and just yeah, like I can imagine the kids know no better. Mm. Yeah, but they've only seen able-bodied people do that's that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> they're like, they're you'd probably stop and stare if you're like on Everest <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> yeah, like he's he's just walking on his arms up this frigging mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably stop and stare too. Yeah, and we obviously got stopped a number of times from like other trekkers and obviously asking like, what's going yeah, on? What, yeah. Like, what's going on? What's the purpose? And we obviously explain to them what we're trying to achieve or what Scotty is trying to achieve, and they're like. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's such an inspiring story. Like, mm. why did, like, obviously you can't really speak for Scott as much, but do you know sort of what inspired him to do it? So how this all came about, I'll link this back to Apex Gen and probably the biggest reason that attracted me to um, Matt and the boys at Apex Gen. Um, so obviously Apex Gen, they have fitness clothing for men yep. and women. Um, but what really attracted me to them was they weren't just another, you know, Instagram fitness brand. Obviously there's metric shit ton yeah, out there. Heaps now. Um, but what was different about these boys and what they were trying to achieve is they were trying to, um, put, put a message back into the community. Um, and it's actually their, their, um, their like what's it, slogan or their, like their motto, like, um, rise above doubt. Um, and they do. Um, expeditions like what we just did with Everest yep. um, to just prove to anyone that you can rise above anything if you put yeah. your mind to it. You can achieve what you want. Mm. It's a pretty big statement to climb Everest the way that you, yes. especially Scott. Yes. Um, and originally Scott said no. Really? Mm. Oh, so it wasn't Scott's idea? No, this was not Scott's idea whatsoever. So was this Matt's idea? This was Matt's so idea. How did you talk someone into doing this? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't talk me into doing yeah. it. Rise above doubt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so originally like, Scott's like, no way you, no way in hell am I doing that. And then um, obviously Matt just kept on, you know, pushing him and asking him um, to do it. And then um, Scott obviously sat down and obviously had a chat with his parents and whatnot. And then he was like... Fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and because obviously Scott's story is amazing and what he's been able to achieve so far, but I think what his end goal is to become a keynote and motivational speaker. Yeah. Um, so obviously having this journey under his belt and the documentary as well is a great calling card for for him and um, you know, being him to able to share his story. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's probably the biggest reason why I got yeah linked up with these boys because yeah. they're not like I said they're just not another Instagram fitness lab. They actually want to make a change. Yeah, they want to make a change. They want to make a difference. Um, 
they're not just there to you know the typical like product money exchange there's, yeah there's an underlying meaning as to what they're trying to achieve yeah well we watched you sent us the video on the apex gen website before it must have been before they went and they were donating all the sales to this journey so you know that's obviously not about money when you, like mm. it's not good business to donate all your money to a to climb everest no and obviously we um well matt obviously did that any um any yeah any sales of clothing was put towards the trek uh we also had major sponsors like um I'll try and remember all of them. Um, before you speak, coffee. I don't know if you've both oh, yeah, seen them on um, Instagram. Um, we had G Shock Australia sent us out watches. Um, oh shit, it's crazy. Yeah, we had a bunch of it's bunch of cool. sponsors. Yeah, um, Outer Edgewear. They sponsored us with a few clothing, XTM clothing. Um, so yeah, we had a, um, a bunch of sponsors help us out as well. Um, where was I getting with this point? I just had a mind blank. Yeah, I've had one too. <laughs> Shit happens, eh? Yeah. Um, nah, like, I like watching because me and Evan we've been watching the videos of Scotty and obviously all that, and I like watching those inspirational videos. But Scotty's one that kind of hits you. You kind of like, like this is crazy. I think Bailey's talking about the one where Scotty explains how he yeah, it's like a five like minute clip. We'll, we'll link it in the mm. yeah thing so in people video. can watch it. Yeah, it's pretty emotional. It's like yeah, like he's kind of not that emotional in it, but he's just the way he's so calm and tells mm. his story. He's sort of like. I don't know. It, it just feels like that could happen to anyone. It's like he's just your mate, sort of. Mm. And, and then it's. I feel like because he's so calm in his approach, it hits home more. That it's just happens to it could happen to anyone. And what he's achieved is just insane. Like the first person to ever do it. Mm. Yeah, with minimal assistance. Like there, I did hear a story of another paraplegic do the trek, but they did it on the back of a um a yak. Okay. Oh yeah. So, um. Yeah, obviously with Scott, it was with minimal assistance, so he actually, yeah, he was on his, literally, arms. When he was on his arms, was it just Matt carrying, or was um, it kind of... Yeah, so Matt did most of the work. Um, obviously, when Matt got fatigued and Scotty Someone got fatigued, would. yeah, Darwa would um, substitute in. Um, and then I think even a few of the um, local boys, the porters that were with us, they helped us out um, a few times as well. Um, obviously, there were sections... Um, to give you guys an idea, there were sections in the trek that were like literally like this, like just sheer, not even rock, just dirt. Um, obviously, those sections, um, Scott was carried on the back purely for safety. Yeah. Um, obviously, we didn't want to put Scott's life no, in yeah, any definitely. any risk whatsoever. Um, and it was even sketchy for you know myself carrying you know all my camera equipment and yeah. you know, I'm doing this you know fucking hill like that. Um, but yeah, there was a number of ske- sketchy sections. Um, like that. Now I remember there's another section where you'd walk it on probably no wider than twenty centimeter length of track and then it's just just a drop yeah. to the other side. So yeah, you gotta have a gotta have your wits about you <laughs> and have the end in goal and not think about the present. Yep. It's another one of those things though, like as challenging as it would have been, I reckon just with all the boys and then like to when you finally get there you're kinda like, Fuck yeah, we did it. Mm. You yeah, feel the, that? Sen- the sense of relief was yeah. yeah. It was almost like, yeah, <laughs> like oh, we we did this yeah. sort of thing. Um, and then yeah, same thing. Obviously, um, we weren't just the only ones on the trek. There were a bunch of other people yeah. at base camp when we were there. Um, and what we sort of did, obviously, we wanted to get shot of Scotty, um, like getting up to base camp and like hitting the rock, and you obviously see it in the yeah. Watch that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you just yeah hear everyone just 
um, clapping and clapping and cheering and whatnot. Um, so I, I ran ahead. Um, so um, yeah, I ran ahead and um, Nigel stayed back. Um, just to yeah. So I sort of had like my little moment at, at base <laughs> camp. Yeah, I did it, yeah. and then I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I've got to get the shot. <laughs> I can't, I can't repeat this. Until, yeah. I can't tell Scott to go back down. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, the sense of relief and yeah, the sense of accomplishment, accomplishment. Um, yeah, it was amazing when we got up to base camp. Um, with um the documentary, obviously you shot with Nigel. Mm-hmm. Um, how when what's the, what's going on? When are we going to get to see it? Hopefully soon. Um, yep. it's in the final stages of post production now, so um, it should be released to the general public soon. Um, yep. I'm not too sure on what platform it would be on. If it's yeah. on Netflix or if it's on like YouTube or yeah, I can't unfortunately tell you at the moment. Um, but. Once it is out there, I'll obviously flick it to you boys. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Let you boys have a look at it. Um, because, yeah, I want I to I wanna get it out there just to just to tell Scott's story. Yeah. Um, well, even the clip, because you sent us those small clips, so we sort of had an idea of what, what you did. Um, I was just getting goosebumps watching those. Like, the five-minute so, teaser. They're so well shot, like. And it's just, I don't know, I was getting chills. The music, he's used that like, real good music with the sort of... I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how to describe <laughs> the music, but I don't yeah. know. It just gives me chills. Yeah, it was so traditional good. music. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. So, no, that was insane. Yeah, yeah not actually, props to Nigel for cutting that. I didn't have any... Well, obviously, <laughs> I did have a say in, in that edit, but, yeah, literally when we got back into... It wasn't even Kathmandu. I think he cut that when we were in um, Pokhara. Um, so, yeah, we got back into... Um, Kathmandu, we spent a few days there, but obviously since we completed the trek so quickly, we had a few days up our sleeves, so we just went to Pokhara yeah. and just just had, I think it was about four days of R&R there. Literally, we'd just like sleep in, we'd get up, you know, go for a wander, just literally just zen out and just relax and just, you know, take the scenery in. Um, but that's when, yeah, that's when Nigel cut that up, that little video up, and obviously we sent that to news agencies and whatnot. And um, I think the SBS hold of it here locally and upload to Facebook and yeah. got I think half a mil views, six hundred thousand. Yes, SBS obviously got it. Um and again when we got back down from the mountain, got all back together, also we had a bunch of news agencies lined up um to conduct interviews. So there was about two days of interviews for Matt and Scott and obviously Nigel and I got um like BTS or BTS behind the scenes and you know shots for the documentary. Um, and, um, yeah, that's obviously when we got a chance to, again, look through all the footage and see what we've got. Okay, do we need this? Do we need that? Um, sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, again, all props to Nigel for that little edit um, to get out to all the news agencies and, um, yeah. Did um the, did the documentary shooting, did it start beforehand? So you filmed him training or was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So what I came into the, the picture... Probably uh, three months into the preparation sort of thing. Yep. So Nigel already had a bunch of footage of um, Matt and Scotty training with um, obviously their Instagram collateral. Yeah, They already had all, like a bunch of that footage. I did actually drive down to the Blue Mountains um, for two days. Yeah, drove the 13 hours down, um, shot 
for a day with them up in the Blue Mountains getting training footage and whatnot um, and then drove back. Um, so, yeah, Nigel shot most of that um, yep. and Barter actually as well did a bit of that footage. Um, and then, yeah, my input was I was seeing the trek and then a little bit afterwards. Um, yeah, so all in all, it's probably footage-wise and timeline-wise, it was probably over six to seven months of, yeah, shooting. And obviously not all of that gets cut into the documentary. Yeah, no. um, How long do you think the documentary will end up being? Do you have an idea now? Or? Um, I think it's about an hour 10, hour 20. Yeah. Um, which is a, a good length. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's not too long. Um, and, I mean, for what the footage that we've had um, and had access to, um, it tells Scotty's story enough just to paint the picture. Obviously, we couldn't get... Um, you know the nitty gritty details of like the the accident and anything like that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we had to either recreate some of those accident shots to obviously help tell the story, or we just purchased stock footage. Yeah. Um. Again, to help the story. Um. But yeah, anything other than that was all shot by us. Yeah. Um, all the interviews, yeah, all the training, also the trek, um, and post trek, yeah, it was all all done by myself or one of the other boys. Yeah. Just stripping it back, when you said Scotty got taken out by a helicopter, what happens when you get to the top? Like, do you have to walk back? You said you had to walk back down? Yes. Yeah, so um, out of the 13, 14 of us or however many, um, it was only myself, Darwa, Nigel, and I think we only had two porters left with us, two, two or three left to come back down the mountain. So, yeah, everyone else got airlifted out and then, yeah, we had to... And that, how long does that take? Three days. So, yeah, seven days to go up. <laughs> Turn <laughs> around. Eight days. Yeah. Pumped it down. Yeah. And again, because your body was conditioned to working at that um, yeah. that altitude. So, yeah, some yeah we are literally running down the mountain. Yeah. Well, figuratively. Yeah. Um, so, you I just was, go straight down what you come back, like, the way up? You just go straight back yeah, down? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. The exact same way that you came up, you came back down. So that gave um, Nigel and I the second chance to get like um, little detail some shots, more content, yeah, yeah, some more content, exactly. Um, sound bites as well. Um, I don't know if you want to cut this in, but we got the drone up. You're not allowed to take drones in there. <laughs> it's staying in. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, managed to get the drone in there. We smuggled that in. Um, yeah. Why aren't you had drones up there? Um. That's a bloody good question. All I knew is you weren't allowed them, but we got it in. Um, there's yeah, there's some reason I can't remember why, um, and for good reason. But yeah, we're trying to tell a story, and we're filmmakers, and you know, rules are bent and broken. So it is what it is. Fair enough. Um, come at me, Nepal government. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, three days to come back down. Um, and again, similar to um, the base camp day. Um, I had another, I think, I yeah, I had another bout of sickness um, coming back down. So the last few days I was, wasn't was eating at all. Um, the last day when we got back into Luke, like, I literally yeah, went into bed and just slept. I was just physically exhausted. Um, and, yeah, luckily we had internet at Luke because like, then I sent Nigel and Dawa a message saying, oh, where are you boys at? <laughs> they were at, like just down the road in the pub, you know, playing pool um, yep. with a few other locals. So, um yeah, it was, yeah, three days to come back down. We just on a high the whole way down, just thinking about what you had just done. 
Yeah. I feel yeah. like I would have been like that. Yeah, a little bit of a high. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, just sort of, like, taking it all in um, while still having fun at the same time. And yeah. I think I actually posted to my Instagram when we are coming back down, we are on one of the um, suspension bridges. And I don't know why I remember this, but I do, do remember this for some fucked up reason. I was listening to the Chainsmokers, It Won't Kill Us. <laughs> and here I am in the middle of suspension bridge, like, breaking out into a song and dance. And, like, by, by the end of it, I'm like, I was like, <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. Yolo. Um, yeah, but yeah, we, we were on a high and obviously Nigel and Dara and I were, again, still bantering along the way down. Because, yeah. yeah, again, sometimes it's hard. In some of the sections, it was actually harder to go down oh, really? down than to come up. up. Um, so, yeah, and I think, yeah, I only slipped over once and that was coming down and I ate shit pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> To say the least. Um, yeah, I was walking down this super sketchy section just after um, Nunchi Bazaar, which is one of the major um, villages on the on the trek up. Yeah. And, yeah, getting up to it, you're, like, zigzagging, crossing your way up the, the ridge line. And, yeah, obviously coming back down, I, I just took the wrong step and just went... <laughs> and just, like, slid down probably about five to ten metres on my ass. I was like, oh, luckily i got some good glitz on me. <laughs> <laughs> had the camera gear fair. Um, thankfully, I just had um, it just around my neck, and it just sort of like yeah. went into my lap. Um, or did I have it in my bag then? No, actually, sorry, I take that back. I think at that part of the trek, I had it in my backpack because yeah. I knew I was going down this section. Um, but for yeah, for the better part, um, and actually speaking of camera gear, um, I did a lot of preparation. Um prior to as to what sort of gear do I take yeah. um, because at, at that altitude, um, obviously there's a lack of oxygen. So um, conventional um, spinning mechanical hard drives um, don't work as well and sometimes they actually fail. So obviously we had to take SSD drives. Um, the cold actually severely diminishes your uh, battery life. So... Um, Sort of my system was I had a, a battery in the camera and then I had another one actually pretty close to my body to keep it warm and then I just like rotate it through because um, I remember one stage I turned my camera on and it had like 2% battery and I was like, okay, do the, the swap over and pop that 2% battery in against my body to keep it warm and then later on put it back in and then it was up at 70%. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah, the, the cold and the altitude. So weird. Yeah, it's so weird, yeah. It's something to do with the technology and the batteries and the yeah. cold just yeah, diminishes their um, performance. Um, so, yeah, I had to do a lot of research and like thinking as to, okay, what sort of gear do I need to take? Obviously, I couldn't take everything. So it's like what is the like mission-critical sort of gear to get this job done? Um, so, yeah, between Nigel and I, we had three cameras for the whole trek and yeah, very, like... Um, very basic um, equipment. Yeah. Well, not like by basic equipment, I mean the, the bare essentials yeah, to get the job done. Yep. Um, random, random question, but I was just thinking, mm-hmm. is, the, is, the star, is the stars and the sky at night on Everest just absolutely oh, insane? Oh, fucking amazing because um, there's no, no light pollution. So yeah. it's not like in a city here, you, at night you look up and you can't see anything. Yeah. Um, over there... I do. Ha- I'll show you boys on my phone here. Um, one one night on the way up, we 
Nigel and I got up at like something stupid o'clock um, and yeah, got up and got this shot. That's crazy. Yeah. It looks like a, like a wallpaper on your iPhone. Yeah. It comes with the thing. Yeah. Chelsea. That's so insane. Can you like show that to the camera? Yeah. So I don't know how well the camera will pick. I'm very hesitant to post this up on Instagram because I absolutely love it. And I know it's going to be ripped by. Someone will steal <laughs> yeah, that. Someone, <laughs> someone will steal that. Um, so Just put yeah. like a little watermark over it. So. Well, man, I know, <laughs> first aid, yeah, I know firsthand how easy it is to get rid of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the stars are absolutely amazing. Um, it's, and it's the same thing if you go out west here. Like yeah. Even three to four hours you can yeah, see the Milky Way. Um yeah. With your own bare eye, without any telescope, yeah. and it was the same thing over there because obviously, no, there was hardly any power up on the mountains, so it was just yeah, pitch black. Yeah. Um, the first few days, actually, come to think of it, we did have full moon, so we didn't get a chance to get any like astro shots like that. Um, but yeah, that shot was taken um, about halfway up. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's when the moon sort of like went. I think it was behind a mountain by that stage of the night. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, managed to get that shot. Nigel tried to get a few shots as well, but he was crook. So yeah. he just went back into bed and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just keep shooting at like 2.30 in the morning, just walking around town, you know. Yeah. Camera in hand. Um, yeah. Fun fact for you. Mm-hmm. Off topic again. But um, we on the video you sent, sent us on the Apex Gen website, um, Scott mentioned he's from Bearable. Bearable is not far from Kempsey. Yeah, small world. <laughs> yeah. Did Did you know that? I was, I was should have mentioned it to no. you at work, but I was. I don't really know much. It's like a what's like an hour drive. Yeah, probably not even that. Yeah, when we were young, we've actually versed his cousins in like footy. Really, yeah, it's a small world, man. Yeah, and like when Evan said he said Scott Dolan, and I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Like it didn't surprise me at all. Like that family, like they're so like. Not, they're like a really competitive, like they're just good at what they do. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if you'd know any of the cousins. You probably wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately not. Um, just know Scotty. Yeah. Himself. I did meet his parents at the airport. Um, yep. But yeah, unfortunately don't know the rest of his family. It was just so, it was so funny, like, because I spoke to you and I, you told me the story and then I didn't know, like, that Bailey knew, like, Scott Dolan's cousins or whatever. I know of them. Yeah, you know them personally. Yeah. yeah. First of in footy or whatever. And then I told Bailey and Bailey's like, I know him. And I was like, it's just so, it just wigged me out how everything just loops back around and it's just such a small world. It is. It is. Everyone knows everyone. Very That's scarily. Nice, especially so on the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> what's next? For me? For you, yeah. Or you start, Team you, Apex Gen. You've already got Everest. I know. You've done Everest. It's like, yeah. Well, like, what? It's, it's pretty hard to um, beat that. And it, someone's like, oh, let's do this. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I would, I would like to do the trek again. Um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only because, like, obviously, you've got the main the main trek going up to obviously base camp and then the summit. But there's actually a number of like side um, treks that you can do. Um, so we were trying to get to Mount Kalapatar, which is right at the top um, of the the trekking route. And yeah. Kalapatar is one of the only vantage points where you can actually see base camp. And then the summit of Everest pretty much in like one view or one photo. Because when you're at base camp, you can't actually see the summit of Everest because it's just blocked by the other mountains and ridges. Yeah. So, yeah, you just see, yeah, all the rock and then the um, the Guma, Guma Ice Glacier, Yeah. Um, which unfortunately has taken a number of 
climbers' lives, and that's only like 200 metres out of base camp. Um, yeah, so you can see all that, um, but yeah, you can't you can't see um, the summit. So that we were wanting to get up to Kalapatar, but obviously, we we'll, our goal, our end end goal was to get to base camp. Yeah. Um, and that would have just been a cherry on top, but unfortunately, with Scott um, having the chest infection, and then uh, Justin as well, like. Um, Justin started to get signs of that chest infection probably halfway through, but he just pushed through. Yeah. Like his, like, you know how you get those people that have a real, like real deep chesty cough? Yeah. That's what he had. And it just wasn't, wasn't nice to hear. Yeah. And you know, like he was you know, struggling and pushing himself to, cause it was his goal as well. To yeah. Get to base camp. Um, so yeah, I definitely want would want to go back there, um, and also just to take everything in again for the second time because obviously I was there, and my mindset was okay. I need to shoot a documentary. Yeah, that's right. Um, I wasn't there to, you know, holiday and yeah. Like obviously I did enjoy myself, but you know, my mindset was I got to do this job. Yeah. Um. So that's where I was at. So yeah, definitely would do the trek again and do Mount Kalbatar, um, potentially. Um, even starting lower down the mountain, because again, like I like I explained, you can fly into Lukla to start your trek, or you can actually start um, a little bit um, lower in the mountain, yeah. I think at about five or six hundred meters in altitude. Uh, you literally just drive up to the village, and that village is actually where all our porters were from that we hired to help us get all our gear up. Um, so that's yeah, that's their home village, and then they just come up to Lukla and meet the trekkers. Um, and then, yeah, climb up to base camp or their end destination and then come back down and rinse and repeat. So sometimes these porters are doing maybe four to five, maybe eight, nine, depends how long, treks in one season. Because obviously there's a season in which you can do the the trek up to base camp and then obviously summit. Yep. So you don't don't have any other crazy plans? (laughs) Not at the moment. Um, What about... Scott and Apex Gen team. So Scott and Apex, um, they are looking at doing the next biggest mountain in the world. <sighs> All right. Is that in Nepal as well? Uh, no, Where that's actually in uh, Kilimanjaro. Oh, Kilimanjaro. So Africa. Yeah. Um, they were meant to. I'm not too sure if I'm meant to be saying that, but fuck it. They were meant to be doing it um this year. Yeah. But, um, think yeah, just planning and scheduling hasn't allowed them to. Um, but yeah, Matt and Scotty want to do it, uh, again together, but they want to bring someone else along. Um, and I think, yeah, they're just trying to find that, that right someone to do so the like a, another person to help Scotty or another Scotty, another Scotty. Oh, really? Good luck finding another Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone like, I'm sure exact, be, yeah. yeah, not exactly like by that. I mean, like uh, someone else who's got um something that's to overcome st- yeah this. yeah something that's stopping yeah. them and they yeah want to overcome it and you know rise above it and achieve are you getting the call up for the documentary again or? i did get the call oh. did you? yeah you, i did get the keen? call i am keen but yeah it just depends on schedules and, yeah and whatnot and obviously work now i'm back to a full-time basis um whereas before it was all freelance so i had the yeah. you know the time to do it um but yeah, if I do get that call again or the definite, okay, this is where we're thinking of doing it, um, I also have to keep it in mind. Um, 
But yeah, we'll just see what happens. Exciting times ahead. Yes. Um, so it's not pretty much they want to they want to be doing these um, what they call apex adventures um, yeah. almost yearly or bi yearly um, again to just put back into the community of what what their message is and what they're trying to achieve. Um, yeah. Insane. It's one hell of a story. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, I think on that note, we could probably wrap this thing up. Yeah. yeah. Really appreciate you coming on. That's right. I hope That's I've answered everything. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, like that was so much more than we sort of anticipated. Yeah. Um, and like we said before, when you're like, yeah, we just climbed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, super thankful for you coming on. And like, I mean, I, don't, we, I mean, Bailey obviously don't know Matt and Scotty and everyone else, but, you know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy what you did for such creating such an insane story and you for sharing their story. Um, Pleasure. And I guess whenever that, whenever it's released, you'll let us know and we'll that, let yeah. our mm. loyal fans know. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> your loyal fans love it. <laughs> Probably got more fans than me, let's be honest. Um, also, yeah, once it gets out, out there, because um, obviously the, already, the traction that the boys got, prior to the trek like they were on national um, breakfast shows beforehand um so once once the doco does get dropped I, it would be out there yeah there'll be no mass media yeah run. Yep. yeah and the following that apex gen has got obviously within um their community and matt is heavily into social media so once it's out there yeah yeah, they've you got a mass following. Yeah, yeah. he's going to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Go and um, follow Scotty too. His, insp- his yeah. Instagram Scott, is... Scott. Yeah, he's a, his Instagram. He's a boss, man. Yeah. I was what's his, what's I his... I don't know where it was on Instagram. Wheelie Fit, I think it yeah. is. At Wheelie Fit. Yeah. Cl- I think it's cool. in the video you sent me. He's just climbing those ropes with the... Bo- oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he just yeah, like wraps it, it around yeah. the wheelchair and he's like... Yeah, so at Wheelie Fit. That's W-H-E-E-L-Y Fit. For your daily dose of inspiration. Yeah, for your daily dose of... Muscles on muscles. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking through his feed now. He's an absolute unit. And obviously follow Steve-O. Yeah. For some... Yeah. You, you share all your... um, Not all of it. You share some of your, like, videography and photography on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I'm pretty weak at my Insta game, let's yeah. be honest. But up it. Huh? <laughs> time to up, up it. Yeah, up time it. to up it. Yeah, like, yeah, I've got yeah. a stack of content sitting on my hard drives. So it's just a matter of sitting down and scheduling and you know editing and whatnot yeah. but yeah you can find me on instagram at Stephen grevis um and uh you can find matt and uh, in apex gen uh so apex gen i think it's just apex gen or apex gen lifestyle off the top of my head let me just confirm this before i give you the wrong information we'll chuck it all in them yeah we'll link, in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> link in bio yeah. <laughs> um yeah apex gen so just straight apex gen and then um maddie's uh, Matt Laycock, I believe. Yeah, Matt underscore Laycock. Again, everything will be down in the description. Yeah. Cool. One hell of a story. Yeah. Mm. Thanks again, man. Your button. Sorry. That's all right. You want to get some pigs? Pigs? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. That's it. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for watching, yeah, listening, whatever you're doing. I hope, <laughs> I hope some people listen to this one because it's, really, it's really good. Like, pretty remarkable story, too. Yeah. And if Scotty ever Hopefully. wants to come on and talk. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he has actually been up on the coast a number of times, so... I mean, we could probably tee something up. Yeah, fuck, we'd be so keen for that. Yeah, sweet. Let's do it. Um, Let's get some pigs. Thanks, everyone. Sweet.